Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, Hosanna in the highest. Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you here on this Palm Sunday. You know, during the Wednesday services, we've been focusing on Jesus' final steps. And during this Holy Week, we're taking up that uh, message series. And today on Palm Sunday, we recognize that his final steps led to a donkey as, as Jesus uh, rides on a donkey and the colt, the foal of a donkey, uh, into Jerusalem. Now, it's been my privilege to go to Jerusalem twice uh, in my life. And this is one of my pictures of the traditional Palm Sunday road as you would go down the Mount of Olives toward the city of Jerusalem. And kind of right in the middle of the picture, you can see the, the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is, is 1,540 feet north to south, right across the center of the picture, and, and on that Temple Mount that was built by King Herod, existing at the time of Jesus, there's this golden dome, which is a Muslim shrine today, but that's probably where the temple was in Jesus' day. So just imagine Jesus riding this donkey down this road, down the Mount of Olives, and he can see the Temple Mount in front of him. But... You notice that wall on the left side of this road? Right on the other side of that road, or on that wall, is the largest Jewish cemetery in the world. It's 150,000 graves. And this cemetery was in existence already at the time of Christ. Uh, King David, uh, a thousand years before Jesus' time, was buried on this side of the Kidron Valley, and, and then the cemetery grew from there. And that just made me think about, as Jesus rode down this, this hill, the Mount of Olives, that what could he see? He could see that he was riding into death. Now, I say that because of the, the prophecy and fulfillment, as, as God God knows the future. He could see what was about to happen. In fact, the Old Testament, uh, traditional Old Testament Palm Sunday lesson is from Zechariah 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly in riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So, God knew the future. Zechariah lives about 500 years before the time of Jesus. God knows all things. He is omniscient. He can see into the future. Now, now that's true of, of God that we think, that this God who is far removed from us, this, this God who is in the heavens. But the God who was riding on that donkey into Jerusalem also was omniscient. He knew all things. 
You know, don't you think it's pretty amazing that Jesus could tell the disciples, go into this village ahead of you, there's going to be a donkey and a colt there, and, and the guy who owns it will say, sure, go ahead and take them. How did he know that? Well, because he's God. He knows all things. He's omniscient. So the, this, this godly king comes riding down into Jerusalem, but what he sees is he's going to ride into his death. He knows this because Jesus himself told the disciples this over and over again when he was preparing them for this, this week. He would tell them that he was going to go up into Jerusalem. He was going to be handed over to the, the Gentiles. He was going to be flogged and spit upon and crucified and then on the third day rise again. He knew it about what was going to happen, but the disciples could have known too because God in the Old Testament had already foretold that this king who was riding into Jerusalem in Zechariah 9 was riding to his death. You see, Zechariah, the last part of Zechariah is just a fascinating section to read because sprinkled throughout these visions that, that Zechariah sees, 500 years before Jesus came is an indication that the king would ride into Jerusalem to die. For example, in Zechariah chapter 11, uh, Zechariah is a type or a picture of the Savior. And so they paid Zechariah 30 pieces of silver. The Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they valued me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them to the potter at the house of the Lord. And you just hear echoes of, of what happened that Jesus was priced at 30 pieces of silver and that Judas who betrayed him threw that money into the temple and that, that money was used to buy the potter's field. The, the king, as he rode into Jerusalem, could see, I'm riding in to my death. He knew it, it would already, had already been foretold. Or in Zechariah chapter 12, the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced. And now this is amazing to me because it's the Lord who is speaking, the Savior God, Lord in all capital letters, the God of the Old Testament who says, I will pour out a spirit. You know, the Lord is going to work in people's hearts and there will be this, this understanding of God's forgiveness and, and, and praying to God and then it says, they will look on me, the one they have pierced. The one who's riding into Jerusalem that day, who could foresee that I'm about to die. He had to be a human being to die for us, but it is God who is riding into Jerusalem, knowing that he is going to be pierced for our transgressions. And then, this is one in Zechariah 13 that Jesus quotes when he's in the upper room and he's telling the disciples that he is going to be betrayed uh, and that they're all going to de deny him, they're, they're going to scatter, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus knew that he would suffer death all alone. But he also foresaw the reason as he's sitting on this donkey riding down and everybody's cheering him on, and he sees that I'm riding to my death, 
but he understands the, the reason because as the God-man, he is coming to die in our place. You know, this is the, the, the Palm Sunday reading that's most familiar to Christians. You know, that, you know, shout, daughter, Zion, shout, daughter, Jerusalem, see your king comes to you. This is the part that's quoted in the Gospels. The rest of it is not quoted, and it's not nearly as familiar, but it reminds us that the king knew that he was riding into death as the God-man to win the victory for us. The next verse says, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. Now, this is one of those passages in the Old Testament where you go, went over my head, I don't get anything out of it, right? You know? There's a lot of passages like that. What does this mean? Well, well, let me peel back some layers. First of all, let me just encourage you to imagine what it would be like if you were living as a Christian in Ukraine right now. In Ukraine right now, main battle tanks are a necessity. They are asking us, Please send us more main battle tanks. They need as many men at arms as they possibly can get, and missiles are flying into their uh, cities. Now imagine if someone said to the Christians in Ukraine, I'm going to take away your need for the main battle tanks. I'm going to take away your need for these million men at arms, and I'm going to break all of those missiles that are coming to destroy your city. You see, that's the picture where the Lord promises, I am going to bring this battle to an end, and you won't need these weapons of war anymore. So that's, that's one layer. Now, now got to peel it back one more time. What's the battle? I have friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ, who very regularly come and talk with me and they share with me that they're just tired of the battle. They're tired of, tired of the battle outside, bad things happening to them in their, in, the, in their life, and they just kind of think that God must be angry with them. They're tired of the battle within, battles with, with, with mental health issues and depression and, and suicidal thoughts. They're just tired of it. They just wish the battle would be over. What a privilege to be able to say that the king rode into Jerusalem that day on a donkey to take away this battle, to assure you that the battle is over, that you don't have to do something to end the battle, that he has ended the battle. And how is that possible? The very next verse explains he will proclaim peace to the nations. Peace, remember, this is the word shalom. Everything is all right. 
So often we get tired of the battle because we recognize how we have failed God over and over again. And God says, through this king riding into Jerusalem, that he will proclaim peace. Everything is all right between you and your God. His rule will extend from sea to sea. Back then, it was from the Dead Sea to the Mediterranean, from the river, the Euphrates, to the ends of the earth. This is the king who rules over all things. Why do I know that the battle for you and me is over? That we already have the victory because the king rode into Jerusalem to die for you and me, and he has proclaimed peace, and he is the God who rules all things. And he is ruling my life and your life. The battle is over. The victory is ours. How is that possible? That the section concludes, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you. Ah, the blood. You see, the king knows that he's riding in to die. Because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I will announce to you twice as much, restore twice as much to you. The king knows that, that we are in so many ways still prisoners. We still face death. We, we, we still struggle against the sinful nature within us. There, there's so many things that go wrong in our lives that just kind of overwhelm us. We are prisoners in this world. The, the Apostle Paul in Romans talks about how this world is groaning under the curse of sins, and we groan with it. We're longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling with, with being in heaven. But that's why we are called prisoners of hope. We know that the king has ridden into Jerusalem to die our death, and he says, I am going to give you twice as much. I am going to assure you that I am with you, that everything is all right between you and me right now, and I am going to give you a life that will never end. You see, Jesus, as he rode into Jerusalem, knew that as the God-man, he was riding down that slope to die. But he could see beyond that. Now, this is a, a close-up of the, the Dome of the Rock, this Muslim sh shrine that's on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. But do you see there is another dome in the background? It's harder to see. It's a black dome. It's easy. It just kind of blends in to the background. It's actually the exact same size as the golden dome of the rock. That black dome is the dome of the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, the traditional spot where Jesus died and rose again. It's about half a mile to the uh, west of the Temple Mount. And it's a great picture to remind us that as Jesus rode down that Palm Sunday, Mount of Olives Road. And all the people were shouting. He knew that he was riding down to die, but he could look past that death and see that he was riding to our life. Not just his life, but our life. Psalm 118 is the psalm that God's people chanted as he was riding down that Jerusalem road. 
it's really helpful to look back at that Psalm 118 and see that Psalm 118 is a conversation between the king who is riding down Jerusalem to die for us and God's people who see that he is victorious over death for them. Let me just share some of that psalm with you. So this is the the Messiah, the, the son of God speaking through King David a thousand years before Jesus was born. He says in confidence, I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Jesus knew that he was riding down that hill to die, but he also saw that's not where the story ends. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. He is is building a, a gate that God's people can enter into God's presence. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. So this is the Son of God speaking to his Father, celebrating that the victory is his. He can look past the death and see the victory, the salvation, the resurrection on the other side. And then God's people respond because he's not just seeing his life, but he is also seeing ours past his death. The psalm goes on, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Let us rejoice today and be glad. You see, God's people, as they watch Jesus ride down that Palm Sunday road, they too know that he is riding down to die. This is what has been foretold. The one who was The the cornerstone, the capstone, is going to be rejected right there in the temple courts. But now he has become the cornerstone, the capstone, the one that God has chosen. Lord, save us, Hosanna. That's what Hosanna means. Hoshiana. Save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made us. His light shine on us, with bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You see, God had already foretold so that you and I could know too in the darkest times that Jesus' victory is ours. We we join and we celebrate with, with bows, with the Palm Sunday branches in hand and join in the festal procession up to the altar. And I say we join with that because that's the picture in Revelation. You know, people don't like Revelation because there are so many visions in Revelation that warn us that we are going to be prisoners, that we're going to to go through difficult times, that that we, we are going to be faced with Satan's assaults, the, 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 the temptations from within, that these things are going to come. But in the midst of all of those visions of, of the darkness that will come upon us and upon the world, especially as the world gets closer to the end, in the midst of those visions of darkness and gloom and warning are visions of victory. And my favorite is Revelation chapter 7, the Palm Sunday vision. Jesus gives John this vision. John writes, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count 
from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, this multitude. You know, I was listening to Pastor Keel's sermon, and he made the comment that, that they estimate that there might have been two million people in Jerusalem as they gathered, the, the Jews gathered together for the Passover celebration. Wow, a lot of people gathering in this Palm Sunday crowd. How many people were there celebrating the king is riding down into Jerusalem? There are so many more in our Palm Sunday crowd. People from all over the world. And they were holding, wearing white robes, washed white, white in the blood of the Lamb. And they were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, he certainly knew the parts of Psalm 118 that the rest of the crowd was not shouting. He knew that this was just a little foretaste of what you and I will be able to experience because he was riding into Jerusalem not just to die our death, but he was riding to his life and our life. That's what we celebrate this Palm Sunday. The God who is man who willingly rode into death so that he could ride into life with us. You see, Jesus invites us to get up on the donkey and ride with him. You know, I mentioned that uh, that black dome is the traditional spot of Jesus' death and resurrection. Almost certainly, that's the, that's the more likely spot. It's a, a tradition that dates back uh, to at least 300 AD. That's when the first uh, part of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was built. But if you go to Jerusalem, you, you, I'll be honest, you kind of are disappointed by the Church of the Holy Sepulchre because it's just like, boy, this is this is... I can't picture Jesus' death and, and resurrection here at all. In the 1880s, a man named Gordon found what is called the garden tomb. And, and, and almost certainly this is not the place where Jesus was buried and rose again. But if you get to go to the garden tomb, it's much easier to picture Jesus coming up out of that tomb, you know, he is not here. He is risen just as he said. And as I saw that, that empty tomb there in the garden tomb, what I wanted to celebrate that day was that Jesus rode into Jerusalem to gain life for me and for those whom I love. Three of my family members have Come along with me to, to Jerusalem. I hope the, the rest can come along soon. But three of the family members were along with me, and, and I asked them to sit in that doorway to the empty tomb because this is what this Holy Week is all about. To know, even in the face of death, that just as surely as Jesus rode into Jerusalem to die and rise again. So in Christ, those whom I love will die, 
but they will come out of the tomb and the grave will be empty. Just one last thing. I was, I was privileged also to go to, to Egypt on one of these trips. See the pyramids? Pastor Bonock's grandma went with me. And Pastor Bonock's grandma was afraid to get up on a camel by herself. So I invited her to ride the camel with me. Jesus has invited you to get up on the donkey and ride through death to life with him. My question for you, who do you know who's like Pastor Bonach's grandma, who's afraid to, to get up on the donkey with us? Who can you invite to come and ride along with you as you ride with Jesus? Let's, let's pray about that as we bring our message this Palm Sunday to a close. Lord Jesus, put onto my heart and put onto the heart of my brothers and sisters here the, the, the picture, the, the name of a friend, a family member who maybe is in that, that dark place where just they're overwhelmed with that sense of I'm a prisoner and I'm tired of the battle. Lord, who is it that, that needs an invitation to come up and ride along with us as we ride with you? Would you give us that person that you would want us to bless with that invitation this Easter season? We thank you that you have opened the gates for us. Life is ours. We're going to come out of that tomb. And so I ask, Lord, who can we bring along? so that on the last day as we see them come out of the tomb we can just laugh and smile because it will be so great to see them again come Holy Spirit kindle in us the fire of your love that as we experience your love in Christ we can share that love with others and in Jesus' name we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us a our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you shalom. Everything is all right between 
your Savior God in you. And God's people say, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.